Hey, Connie. Um, if you guys were talking, we can't hear you. Okay, so we're going to welcome uh, David Crocker today, and uh, I, after Dick introduces him, we are excited about hearing about that accident. Yes. Um, David was one of the first ones to discover a really effective way of helping clients uh, over and above um, the normal uh, final expense plan for uh, equity protection by adding an accident policy to it. It not only increased his income, increased the persistency, but more importantly, it put his clients in a position to better win. And uh, David, if you would just share um, goals at the beginning of the year and then kind of cover how, how you've accomplished and where you feel like you are now. Sure, happy to do it. Uh, good morning, happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, so a couple of reference points here as we get into this conversation. Um, when I first started with Equus, I had no idea accident plans even existed. Um, and then I don't remember what it was that made me discover uh, the Mutual of Omaha accident plan, but um, uh, I think I discovered it somewhere towards the end of 2018 and starting adding, started adding it to every final expense plan for all my clients age 70 and younger. And in 2019, it became a full part of my business. And when I look back at my financials for 2019, accident plans uh, encompassed almost 30% of my personal production income, and they're doing the same this year. Uh, my 2020, when I look back at my production for 2020, so one of the goals that I had for the year was making sure that I, I that I that I kept my my numbers at least at 30 percent or higher, and um, and so uh, going into the year, I expected it to continue, and it has, and. Then a few days ago, Foresters announced that they had brought a new accident plan to the market. For those of you that have been around a while, you'll recognize the name of the program, Prepared Accidental Death, actually is a program they had that I used to write uh, two years ago. And then they discontinued it in early 2019, um, and then they have just brought it back. And so uh, I got kind of excited about it because – it pays a lot higher than Mutual of Omaha. Uh, Mutual of Omaha, if you are in the 70% contract, uh, generally speaking, their their accident plan pays at around 50%. Uh, the Foresters program pays at 90% of contract. So if you're in a 70% uh, contract, uh, it pays um, – uh, actually, well, no, let me go back. I need to correct that. The Mutual of Omaha, if you're in first contract level, pays like 35 or 45 percent. It's very low. Uh, the Foresters one pays at 90 percent of your contract level. So if you're at a 70 percent contract, the Foresters one pays at 90 percent. And so it, it, the comp level is very, very similar to your traditional mortgage protection or final expense payouts. Um, and so it really caused stop and look at it and go, okay, how does this compare to the Mutual of Omaha uh, program? So let's talk through this a little bit. If you have a pen and a piece of paper, write something down. Uh, write down podcast 112. Uh, if you write down podcast 112, 
Uh, that is a, uh, a podcast we did last year where we went into the nuts and bolts of, of, why, um, of why we and how we do accident plans. It really did a deep dive on the Mutual of Omaha Guaranteed Advantage accident plan. And it also goes into the mentality of why we and how we sell an accident plan to a client, uh, the reasons we do it. So I'm not going to drill down into that entire background right here because that exists already on podcast 112. And, um, and so for those of you, why would I sell an accident plan that doesn't really accomplish the goals? Go, go to podcast 112 that answers those questions for you. So this conversation here is specifically about the new Foresters Prepared Accidental Death Program uh, and then also how it compares to the Mutual of Omaha Guaranteed Advantage. I know a lot of you write the Guaranteed Advantage. Uh, a lot of you also write, I know Americo has a, uh, an accident plan. A lot of you write that. So uh, uh, this one specifically, this conversation here is specifically to go through the Foresters uh, accident coverage and and what it does for us so here's the biggest thing that it does for us um, it offers a few things that mutual Omaha does not one is it offers a return of premium that you can take out after the age of 50 one of the really cool things about mutual of Omaha's accident plan is that um, it has a return of premium. If you purchase it before you turn 51, you can get a 30-year return of premium on that. And, um, well, the, the Foresters also does the same thing. Uh, but here's the cool thing. Let's say you take out the Foresters accident plan between ages 61 and 65. Guess what? You can get return of premium that it will pay you back everything you put into it 100% beginning at year 15. So beginning at age 80 through to age 85, if you hold that program for 20 years, they're going to give you all your money. So across from a client, you say, okay, you know, here's a critical period policy. We've got that in place now. We can insure the rest of the house, at least for an accident plan. You're, you're, you're not 70 years old, so we can take out this policy. And uh, guess what? If nothing ever happens, you get all your money back. 90% of the people sign up for the program at that point. And with premiums that generally average around $30 to $50 a piece, it's just a very simple add-on. But when you're at contract of 90%, if your, if your commissions uh, are, are at 90% of your contract, suddenly it's almost like you added an entire new policy to your program. And people just don't cancel these policies. I think my cancellation rate is less than 10%. Uh, less than 10%. So the first thing that really stands out on the Forester's accident coverage is you can get return of premium and you, and you can get it after the age of 50, which is really, really, really cool. Um, a couple of other things about it that, and by the way, let me back up. Connie posted the underwriting guide for this uh, in, um, in GroupMe. Make sure you read through that. Um, and so uh, uh, you want to be aware of, of the grid that exists. Write this down. There's a grid that exists on page, uh, page 11 of the underwriting guide that gives you the schedule for how they do the return of premium. The return of premium on this is 
number one, the number one reason I would do this program. I've already decided that because it gives me something that no other accident plan gives me, um, and it just takes the complete guesswork out of it for a client on why they should do this. So make sure you look at page 11 so you understand how that works. The other thing you want to be aware of with the Foresters program is that um, um, if you go to, in the underwriting guide, page 7, this is the big, this is, I would say, a negative about the program, is it does have exclusions that the Mutual of Omaha's Guaranteed Advantage does not. Mutual of Omaha's Guaranteed Advantage has no underwriting at all. If you're a living, breathing human being between the ages of 18 and 70, you qualify. There is no exclusion on occupation with the Mutual of Omaha's Guaranteed Advantage. With Foresters, beginning on page 7 of the underwriting guide, it gives you a list of the the occupations that are eligible or are not eligible for the program. For instance, uh, you know, when I look on here, it says, uh, you know, firefighter is eligible, law enforcement is eligible, um, a, uh, uh, a missionary, interestingly enough, somebody who's a missionary is not eligible. And so uh, you want to look through that list and be aware of, what occupations are, are qualified, which ones are not. Uh, that's a big difference. But, again, if you're sitting across from a client, let's do a scenario for a second. Let's say that we're in a home and we're sitting across an individual who's 60 years old who has diabetes that's uncontrolled. They really want a large face amount for a protection plan. They can't get uh, a regular term type of coverage. So we put them in critical period, but critical period is just giving them a ten, fifteen, or twenty thousand dollar policy, and we say, well, look, we can uh, we can also cover the house though in the event that you know you're changing a light bulb, you fall off a ladder, uh, you know you get get hit by a kid texting and driving, um, we can pay off the house using one of these accident plans. Now, what's your occupation? That's not a question that you ask when you're doing Mutual of Omaha's Guaranteed Advantage. You don't need to ask that. But with this, you do. So I would suggest printing off pages 7 and I think it's 8. Print off both of those. Or I'm sorry, just page 7 and have that in your underwriting book so you can quickly glance down and make sure that they are uh, not in an excluded occupation. And, and it's kind of what you would expect, you know, circus, uh, circus acts. You know, somebody that does <laughs> this in the circus, it says right out here, is, uh, you know, they're an acrobat or an area. It's not qualified. So um, be aware with this program that there are exclusions that, with that, that Mutual Omaha does not. But the advantage you're getting, again, is that you're getting a, a huge feature, two huge features that Mutual of Omaha's does not. One, it pays much higher. It pays about 30% higher. And two, uh, you're getting return of premium that you can take out after the age of 50. And by the way, when I write an accident plan for a client, if they qualify for the return of premium, because the premiums tend to be uh, almost just a few dollars difference, I don't. Um, I don't really even tell them return of premium is not available. If, if they if they fall within the allowable ages for having return of premium on it, I just tell them. You know, I say here's a program you can get. It's going to be you know thirty eight dollars. And by the way, they'll give you all your money back. 
uh, if they balk at that price, then I'll say, well, we can do it without the money back, uh, and that's $3 or $4 less. Otherwise, uh, I just don't even introduce the idea that they can get it without return of premium. It's just a nice add-on. Um, and uh, so take some time, read through this production guide that uh, Connie posted in GroupMe. Uh, have a, make sure, make sure you understand the return of premium grid on page 11 and make sure you return or understand the excluded occupations on page seven. Other than that, the policy gets issued. Other than the exclusions on occupation, the, the policy gets issued. There is no other underwriting. There's no heightened weight. Uh, there's no other clauses that are there. So if you're saying with a client that you cannot get insured, if you're trying to do regular mortgage protection, and for medical reasons, you just can't get them covered. They love having this. I mean, somebody that can't get covered, they love having a policy like this. I introduced the idea, and we went over this in podcast 112. This is not meant to be something to replace where they can get covered for regular coverage. This is not meant to be where you go in and don't even try to qualify them on regular term mortgage protection. That, that's not the way to use these policies. These are meant to be supplements to other coverage or, or coverage that they can get when they are uninsurable with anything else. But outside of that, these are tremendous, tremendous policies. And then the advent of this return of premium and the higher comp, I would spend some time looking at this, uh, making sure you understand it, review podcast 112. So that way, going into your next critical period, appointment or when you're going into an appointment, a client's house where you were thinking they were going to be like a term mortgage protection type of a customer. You walk in, their height weight clearly doesn't meet somebody that can be insured or they start listing off medications. You know they're not going to get covered. Uh, you can go right to this policy. It's an e-app available through Forrester's website, EasyBiz. Next thing you know, you've got uh, a 30 to 60 dollar premium, $30 to $50 premium on an appointment that you would ordinarily not have had a sale and comp matches what you would have done on Strong Foundation or matches close to what you would have done on Term Life Express. So read through that guideline. Make sure you understand it. It's very, very easy, and it's an incredible supplement to your other work that you do in the home. You know, David, as I listen to you, there's a couple points there. I hope everybody picked up when you made the comment that last year it added 30% to your income and it's on track to do the same thing this year. So if you're on the call today and you're only on uh, track to make 100000 just adding this gives you an extra $30,000 in income. If you're on track to make 200000 this year, 60000 And for those of you who are on track to make 300000 guys, that's an extra $90,000 in income. Talk about a way to get out of debt or a way to fund your own retirement. Look at this as a way to fund your own retirement. This is just huge. Uh, and also remember, for those that qualify with Foresters, this accident plan makes them a member of Foresters, and they qualify for the member benefits. Right. Good point, uh, Dick. I feel like I missed that. Yeah, I mean, any policy that they have, that was one of the things that was such a strong thing before. Now, it's not approved in all the states yet, and all the states may not have the return of premium. Mm -hmm. So once it's approved in your state, when it was around before, we had it, but we did not have return of premium in Virginia. So you'll just have to look at your individual state. But, guys, That's this correct. is just 
opportunity for you to increase your income. There is one more, by the way, Dick, there is one more element to this. The other cool thing about this is that it also offers disability income rider. Um, And there's, if you look in the guidelines, it'll show you how to calculate that. If you look, if you read through that guideline, um, but when you go on there, when you go on the calculator, you can click a disability income rider. So I ran a sample yesterday where I did, I did a $250,000 uh, accidental policy for somebody, and then I was able to give them a $2,000 disability income rider on top of that, um, and um, that's huge. That is huge, and that is discussed on page uh, nine of the accident of the the guidelines. So go right to page nine. It reads through. It explains how it works, what qualifies, and uh, what the exclusions are. But uh, that is a tremendous add-on for your laborers, for people that that are really focused on what happens if they get hurt at work. Oh, not a problem. I've got this right here for you. And here's the cool thing, is that. When you throw a disability income rider on, like uh, when you try to do it with some of the other carriers, it triggers a ton of underwriting that oftentimes you end up getting declined on. With the Forester's Prepared Accidental, it doesn't uh, because the, the underwriting on it is so much more simplified. They're not, it's not triggering a lot of medical questions. It's not triggering any medical questions. And so if somebody says they're looking for something where they get hurt at work, you hear that phrase a lot in the home, what happens if I get hurt or if, you know, I, and I can't work, throw on the prepared accidental, give them a $250,000 accident plan, and put a $2,000 disability income rider. Um, now, the maximum benefit with foresters is 2000 a month, so it doesn't get as aggressive as the other carriers. But again, it's so cheap that it's a tremendous supplement to the other uh, programs that you give them. I'm so glad you brought that up because that reminded me of a case that I wrote a number of years ago. The guy was a drywaller, and um, a few months after he bought the policy, uh, his wife and son stopped by the job. He's working on stilts, hanging drywall, and the little boy left a tennis ball. Of course, Dad's expecting the floor to be clean. He's looking up, stepped on that tennis ball, fell off the stilts, and couldn't work for six months and six or nine months, but at any rate, it saved him from possibly losing his home due to foreclosure. So those things do happen. That's a great, great feature. Um, You know, David has been with us for quite a while. Uh, We remember when he would struggle to get, you know, $6,000 a month in premium when he first started, like all of us, you know, can I do this? Will you help me? Does this work? Those those questions are running through your brain like crazy. But David said was very, very consistent this year and uh, setting his goals. And we'd like to give him a chance to kind of pat himself on the back just to share with you a little bit about what his goals were that he set at the beginning of the year and how he ended up with that. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, um, going into the year, my goals were uh, I wanted to be top 10 paid producer with Equus for the year. I wanted to be Diamond. I wanted to make sure I won the America bonus. I wanted to make sure I got the Banff trip, and I wanted to clear 300 in revenue, 300 in revenue into my business, um, which would have upgraded my income ring. And... Um, and so, yeah, we worked hard, kept our nose to the grindstone, and uh, about four days ago, qualified for, for Banff, 
the America bonus should arrive in the next couple of days. And, um, and then I just got word that we did qualify for the 300 level on the income ring. So, um, and I, when I look at the year to date leaderboard, I think right now I'm number nine. If I can keep Connor Jones from going out and running any business, I should be able to stay at number nine here over the next two weeks, maybe number eight. And, um, and so, uh, we've, we've hit all our goals for the year and, you know, and that goes back to sitting down last January and saying, okay, what do I want my target to be for the next 12 months? And then planning my activity so that my goals exceed that target. Um, and Dick, that might be an interesting podcast for us to do here over the next couple of weeks of uh, business planning for 2021. How do we do that? And it has to do with understanding what your activity produces and then saying, okay, from that, what activity do I need to do that hits my goals? And then how do we, uh, how do we, we target that? And there's a methodology I used that basically created the activity that I use a 30% rule where we, we, we target our activity for the year, uh, that it's 30%, the activity would produce 30% higher than what my goals are. That way I can have a 30% failure rate and still hit my goals. And so, yeah, it's kind of exciting here with two weeks left in the year um, to to uh, be able to look back and say we checked every box that we wanted and um, uh, excited to see what, uh, what, what 21 uh, holds. I think I lost you, Dick. If you're talking, I can't hear you. So, David, I really like that 30% uh, rule because we've had agents wear Santa hats in the past and go out two days before Christmas and try to, uh, you know, scrounge up some business to make a goal that they, you know, didn't work hard enough for and didn't plan well for. So I hope everyone's listening to that. You know, in other words, give yourself a cushion. You know, don't plan on working 52 weeks out of the year. Plan on working 46 to 48 and plan accordingly. And David is uh, one of the very best best planners uh, that we know. And I'll tell you what, we're, you know, just uh, kind of holding our breath here on this BAMF trip because it is the end of June. And uh, I tell you what, we really want to travel with you and Jenny on that and um, certainly hope it does come to pass. Did you want to close out, Dick? I did. I wanted to thank you, David. And also, to we have a young man I interviewed this morning that's on the call who is about the same age now that Connor Jones was three years ago when he started with our company. Um, Connor was a high school senior, and, and here David's concerned, or not concerned, but he knows Connor's breathing down his neck to uh, exceed his 300000 in income this year, and uh, Connor is uh, just barely over 21. So it's pretty exciting seeing, you know, the goals you set, how you're doing, and, uh, you know, I look around at, at the coronavirus. We could all use it as an excuse not to make sales, or we could use it as a reason to make sales. And obviously, David, you've used it as a reason to provide for your family and take care of your clients. Yes. All right. And I'm sure we'll have David on again. So uh, take a deep breath, David. Go get your sep- second cup of coffee, and we'll bring Jamel on here. Uh, Dick, go ahead and introduce uh, the, our reason for having Jamel on today. 
Well, I, I, I talk to Jamel frequently while he's in the home, and um, one of the things that Jamel's tenacity is just inspiring, and he's tenacious in such a way that his clients don't feel pressured or under any illusion that he's going to try to sell them something they don't need. But he does just a great job of connecting with people and then finding out what they have so that he doesn't oversell them. And I was glad uh, last week that he walked away from a case that we both felt was kind of pushing the envelope. But he had a, a case that he worked with that I wanted to share a little bit this morning on how he reviews policies and develops that trust for them to allow him to do that. Jamel, talk to us a little bit about why it's important to review policies and how you go about doing it. Hey guys, good morning. Thanks for having me on the call. Um, I think the number one thing is, is that uh, lots of times we're going into these, these homes and I've been noticing that a lot of these uh, homeowners are refinancing their homes and it's only been a couple years. So they have potentially at some point already sat with somebody to go over this information that I'm trying to go over them with. And then from there, um, sometimes they already have a policy in place. So the importance of me reviewing policies and digging into them and opening them up and reviewing them is, number one, I'm looking for other agents' mistakes. Uh, if you've ever played sports like I have, one of the things that the coaches always tell you is to stick to the fundamentals and capitalize on your opponent's mistakes. And to be honest, other agents in my area are my competition. Uh, needless to say, uh, they are human and they make mistakes sometimes, or they aren't as well-equipped and knowledgeable as the information that I have because I'm trying to study this and master this as much as I can. So when given the opportunity to look at certain policies, um, the number one thing that I'm just trying to do is, is see, is this enough coverage for you? Is this price um, hurting? Is it, you know, can you really afford this product? Um, are you, are, is this breaking your bank? Do we need to find something a little cheaper? Uh, and then was this the best product that you qualify for? Because lots of times I've noticed that uh, other agents are writing policies, and those policies are just atrocious in price, or they're not necessarily what the client was expecting it to be. Um, so that's pretty much why I kind of want to look at the policy. I want to see, number one, what my competition is writing, and number two, I want to see um, what I can potentially uh, resolve if, if there's an issue there. If not, then I just say, you know, this is a great deal, great product, they did right by you. Uh, but for the most part, I'm looking for an opportunity and, and any chance that I can get to at least educate my client and then see if there's anything else that I can do to benefit them. Um, and if that's lowering their price or giving them more coverage at a lower price, then that's what I'm going to do. Well, let me ask you this. When you made the comment, I love that capitalization on your opponent's mistakes. I think that's a great way to approach this. But traditionally, when you educate the clients, what's usually their response to that? A lot of them are shocked that um, they, they had this product that uh, wasn't what they expected it to be. Um, and a lot of them get, get very upset. And when they get upset, that's when I kind of 
empathize a little bit. And he's like, I, I know, I know. Um, that's why I'm here. This is why I do this because I understand the importance of this. And I also understand that if something happens, you want your family taken care of. Um, this may be the product for you or it may not be. So, uh, for instance, the house that I was in on Thursday, they had two products that I thought were great initially. One, or it was a 61-year-old female and a 58-year-old male. They had these two policies for at least three years. And the policies that they had were from a carrier that I write all the time, uh, Mutual Omaha. I use Mutual Omaha a lot. So initially, I'm looking at the policy. I'm like, oh, okay, so you have Mutual Omaha. I write Mutual Omaha. These are great policies. Um, but as I started to read the policy and you know, just kind of pay attention to the small details, I noticed that the policy was a 20-year term with five-year guarantee which means that in five years, um, that policy can increase in price. And the, when I pointed that out to them and I showed them the illustration of how they have the same annual premium for the first five years and then after that, it could potentially increase every year after that, they got upset because that's not what they signed up for. That's not what they wanted. And the wife was very upset and she was like, you know, I didn't like that agent. I thought he was shady. I didn't like I didn't like the way he sat down and approached me. And then I looked at the husband. I was like, "Well, why did you guys do business with him?" And he was like, "I just thought it was a, a good a good deal." I was like, "Okay." So in my mind, that translates to people are trusting us to provide them with the proper information. People are trusting us to give them the correct information, and people are trusting them with their with their finances in a sense. Uh, we're in position to potentially help them, their family in case of a catastrophic event, the product that we put in place for that family, that, that kind of sets the foundation for all of that. And if we put somebody in a product that doesn't necessarily line up with everything that they thought they were getting, um, then I'm not doing my job. So the husband, he had a, which is sad because this is, this kind of goes into uh, everything that we do. Um, and this is another example of, of why it can be so frustrating at times when you deal with these types of situations. The husband had cancer in his kidney just a few months after getting that policy. He found out he had cancer in his kidney. So they removed his kidney. Well, we can't replace his policy because he had cancer just three years ago. So we have to wait for him to um, go outside that five-year waiting period before we can even talk about replacing that policy. So potentially, he has to keep that policy and pay extra money when it increases. Now, the wife, on the other hand, she had a policy. Um, the husband's policy, I think, was for 140000 The wife's policy was only for 70000 And her policy was $108 and some change. Uh, she thought she had more coverage than that. So when I explained that to her, that was another thing that kind of upset her a little bit. So I talked to him, and we just figured out, you know, let's just keep the 70, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I pulled up GPM, and I did a quote for 75000 which is 5000 more than what she currently had. Um, it was only 88 bucks a month. So not only was I saving them, 
you know, just around 20 bucks a month. But I also gave them $5,000 more coverage. It doesn't sound like a lot, but to them, it was a big difference. Uh, they got the guaranteed price. They're not, their price is going to increase over a period of time at all whatsoever. Uh, and they, they kind of have a little bit more peace of mind. So that's one story that I probably have maybe 15, 20 more of to explain the benefits of evaluating policies or just understanding what people already have. Because lots of times, like I said, they think they have something and they really don't have what they're expecting to have. And that could be a potential problem in the future. And if something happened and that price has started to increase on those policies, they can no longer afford that policy, then they're going to drop that coverage, which leaves them with zero coverage. That's a problem. So I just kind of evaluate their policies, see what it is that they have, and um, just kind of educate them. And that's, that's really all I can do. You know, Jamel, becoming a student of the business is, it's a cliche, it's kind of a nice term, but you truly, excuse me, have become a student of the business. And for us guys to put people in a position that because of our ineptness, incompetence, or just plain outright laziness, putting them into a plan that would ever put somebody in a position to have zero coverage at the time they need it the most, you know, you really don't deserve to have this this job. We we live the life of significance. We talk about every day, and I think Jamel is the epitome of that in terms of living a life of significance. Because one, he's become good enough at the at the in the industry to look at these policies and understand them. Now, where if you're brand new, where do you start? Um, first off, print out a couple of three of our paper apps. And just study them. Fill them out for yourself if you want so that you see where the birth date goes, where the smoking rate goes. Uh, Jamel is in an area, and we've got another agent that faces the same thing, that they've got agents in that area selling people that use tobacco, giving them non-tobacco rates. And if the people have not had blood work done by an insurance company, it's not going to show up in their MIB that they're tobacco. But if they die within two years, they're not going to have any insurance because they misrepresented it on the application, totally unbeknownst to the client. Jamel Guys has uncovered several cases like that where he took the time uh, to, to do that. If you will become familiar with the paper apps, I love the e-apps, but what's happening is with the e-app, the agents not become quite aware of what's on the app or where to look for it just because you go through the system. Well, in the back of every policy when it's issued by the state, and all states require this, is a copy of the application that was taken by that agent. So if you become familiar with paper apps so that when you get in the home, you know kind of where to look for. First thing I look for is the birth date to make sure it's accurate. Second thing I go for is height and weight. And the third thing I look for is smoking status or tobacco usage. Because with simplified issue, those are some of the areas, as Jamel made the comment, he's trying to capitalize on its opponent's mistake. And I know John Vernaglia ran into something like this recently, where an agent sold something and uh, they misrepresented something on the application to get the people a better rate. So, you know, it's kind of our job, and you think, well, we're just doing it to capitalize and make money. No, 
We're doing it. That's a byproduct of it. We're doing it because we're helping the client. And, um, and, and that's really important. That's what this is all about. You know, we come here because of the income potential, but we stay because we have the opportunity to live a life of significance. And in Jamel's case, he's taken it to the next level. Um, any other? I got, I got uh, one more thing for you too, Dick. <laughs> so, uh, I live, I'm surrounded by three military bases, and that's to be honest with you, military is probably about. Uh, 30% of my business, like accidental death is 30% of David's business. Military is 30% of my business. One of the things that most people run into when they deal with military is the fact that they already have a ton of life insurance or coverage because the military provides them with that. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, it's kind of ties in with evaluating what they already have and understanding what they currently have. Whenever I sit down with somebody that's in the military, especially if they're in their 30s, um, I ask them, how long have you been in? I've been in 13 years, okay? You just got a 30-year mortgage, okay? I understand you have a $400,000 SGLI bill, but at the same time, how long do you think you're going to be in the military? I'm going to do my full 20. Okay, so that gives you seven years left. Do you not understand the importance of your insurability today versus in seven years because it could increase? Not only the fact that you're in the military, but you could potentially go to war or have something catastrophic happen while you're in the military. And the number one thing that a lot of people do when they're in the military is they try to maximize on as much disability income that they can qualify for before they get at, they get out of the military, which means that they get prescribed a lot of different medications. They lie about PTSD. They say they have all these different pains. They get prescribed things like hydrocodone, oxycontin, gabapentin, and a slew of different medications that pretty much kind of make them unqualified for insurance. Um, That's just the reality. And not every person that's in the military that does that, but you do run across people at their end goal. So what what I mean by that is I'm going to look at what they currently have, and this is kind of like if they already have a a life insurance policy with a different company. Technically, they do. I'm going to look at their their disability benefits. I'm going to look at their $400,000 SGLI bill. And I'm going to explain to them the length of time that they have left with that SGLI bill. You only have five years left, seven years left, or even 10 years left, but you have a 30-year mortgage. So when you get out, you're not going to have any coverage. So that means for 20 years you have this mortgage, you're not going to have any coverage. So we can put a plan in place at your age of insurability and guarantee your coverage now so that when you get out of the military, this will be the last thing that you have to worry about because you already have it taken care of. And that's just kind of how I uh, explain it to them, is that you know, you're know you kind of running on borrowed time with this $400,000 SGLI bill because you don't keep it when you get out unless you convert it into a VGLI bill. And what I've learned in the industry and working with Dick on these things is that every five years, your VGLI increases in price. Do you want to have to worry about a policy increasing in price, or do you want to have to have something in place that's already 40, 50 bucks a month, you don't have to worry about for the, for the long run. And then I have a great story that I tell people, and this is another product or another client that Dick helped me with. Unfortunately, this guy did not qualify for coverage because he had uh, diabetes and he had a, a pen to associate with that, so it was kind of a little difficult for him. 
but he had a policy. He had a, he was 63 years old. He was a uh, master sergeant in the army, so he was he was up in rank a lot. Um, he 63. He had a Trans America policy, an IUL that was written maybe uh, four years ago, which doesn't make any sense for him at that time. Um, and he had a he had his VGLI bill. His situation was he's 63. He's married. And he's, he's deciding on whether or not he's going to keep his VGLI bill or drop the amount of coverage. He started with 400000 on his VGLI bill. He dropped it down to 185000 He has a hundred and something, 160000 IUL. And now he's deciding what coverage am I going to drop because I can't afford to continue to pay increased prices over a period of time because I'm already on a fixed income. I'm retired. And when you come across stories like that and you understand what they currently have and the potential situation they, they can be in in the future. And it, it kind of gives you some type of empowerment and knowledge that when you share that to people, especially in their 30s, when the, the military kids in their 20s is a little bit more difficult, but especially when they're between the ages of 31 and 35, they know they're going to get out very soon. If they, and if they have a wife and kid, they know, and you explain that to the wife, you're like, hey, he's got seven years left with, his, with the military. What kind of situation do you want to be in after that? Nine times out of ten, they're going to take you up on that policy because they already understand that what you just said is true. And if you have a story like what I just explained, if not, use my story. But there's a guy, 63 years old, master sergeant. He's, he's losing coverage. He's making the decision. He's only 63. What kind of a situation could he have been in if somebody would have took the time to understand what he currently had Took the time to understand the benefits that he that that were already out there for him to have access to, and actually educated him on certain products and allowed him to make the best decisions for him and his family, so that he's not stuck in a situation at the age of 63, um, potentially at a point where the coverage that he has he will no longer afford because both of his policies increased over a period of time, both of them. I am so glad you took the time to share that. And for those of you on the call that don't know what SGLI means, it's Servicemen's Group Life Insurance, and all military people have that now. It's 400000 It used to be 250 Thank God for it. However, if they're doing something, even in the military, we had a, a friend a number of years ago who was going 100 miles an hour on a motorcycle, had been drinking, crashed, and they wouldn't pay because he was breaking the law. So, you know, there, don't go there, but just so you understand that, the VGLI, what happens when you get out, then they offer you a veterans group life plan, and that's what they call a five-year banded policy. Every, five, every time your birthday is divisible by five, 45, 50, 55, 60, the price goes up. And if I sold them something like what uh, Jamel just did, I would say, now, when the VGLI comes, if your health has changed, if you do have PTSD or there's some issues, you still want to keep the VGLI for the first three price increases because it's a fairly good price there, but you need something in place that when that fades away, you still have something there. And Because this guy, you're right, this 63-year-old, hopefully he eliminated the VGLI as one he was going to keep and would take that premium and add it to his IUL to make sure he had something in face for the long term. Now, I understand what we just shared in the last 10 minutes of this is insurance 2 or 301. It's way above the pay grade of some, some of our brand new people. That's why it's important to call from the home 
and and Jamel does. I mean, I hear from Jamel anywhere from one to three times a week, sitting there with the client, and he usually, not usually, he knows the answer, but it's nice for the client to hear from somebody that he's built up in authority to point out exactly what they've got so that they hear it from two sources. So guys, a lot of, there's a lot of that's transpired here this morning that you can pick up on and use and use effectively. Uh, Jamel, we really want to thank you for your faithfulness to be a, a student of the business and your faithfulness to helping us this morning. Thank you so much for having me.